Hello and welcome to level 75 of Free Extra Life's a video game and trivia podcast. I'm your host Tom Knight and before I get started I just want to remind you that I do stream over on twitch.tv forward slash three extra lives three times a week. Got some indie game goodness going over there. We've got the channel point trivia and high scored leaderboard where you can answer a trivia question once per stream and ascend the high scoreboard for glory for honor and for basically bragging rights so that is over at twitch.tv forward slash three extra live streaming there on a monday thursday and friday from 7 p.m uk time if you enjoy the show why not check it out and with that out of the way Let's get on with the show! First up on Three Extra Lives, this time we are talking about a Kickstarter success. As from May 3rd to June 3rd, the game Elementalist, which is a Zelda-like with elemental magic gameplay, was successfully funded on Kickstarter. And not only was its target of £15,537, funded that was funded within 24 hours and the game then went to make over 78,000 pounds and as of recording actually there's 30 hours to go so that that could be sitting at at least 80,000 by the time that is over so very big congratulations to Elementalist and the developer Ivan Ruse Lozano with their first created Kickstarter project which has been a massive success I checked the demo out of this game and very much like it says it is heavily inspired by the retro Zelda games that first came out back in the late 80s and early 90s but it's a a fresh spin on a on a classic genre and it is that 2d top-down adventure and yes I mean it does it feels a lot like Zelda but if you've played those old Zelda games and you know you've, you've been exploring those dungeons and trying to figure out the puzzles to beat those dungeons you're gonna feel right at home in this game and I honestly have no trouble with games coming out that are heavily inspired on games I mean we've seen it in the past for example the likes of Stardew Valley which was heavily influenced by a lot of farming games like Harvest Moon etc and now you see a lot of games inspired by Stardew Valley and and developers just have always have this opportunity to take their shot at putting a spin on something that was beloved and something that still is and still enjoyed to this day and you can grow up with those games and obviously now we're going to see the likes of that portrayed in video games today because people get influenced and people get inspired by what they grew up on and also the media that they consume and things that just are close to the heart get it on your wish lists on steam it's also going to be coming out on the nintendo switch which i think is such a perfect console for it it's going to be on the ps4 and ps5 and the xbox and it's also going to be available on itch.io and due to the massive success of the kickstarter the majority of the stretch goals were also hit which means the game will also include a hero mode a boss rush mode an extra temple pixel art cutscenes, a CRT render mode. So that's a lot of things that are going to be added on to the game as well. But I think the aspect of this game, which does set it apart from the likes of Zelda, is that the game's called Elementalist. 
So there's obviously elements in this game where you have fire that allows you to cast a fireball that can ignite flammable environments such as vegetation and also torches. You can also, you know, burn enemies. It will also give you light in a dark place, which is very handy when you're exploring those dungeons. You can also utilize the power of nature, which allows you to grow vines, to climb up walls, to explore undiscovered areas. There's the power of the wind, which allows you to move faster, jump over pits and dodge enemies. You've got the power of the earth, which can destroy rocks, open sealed paths, and also create a damage that can repel your enemies as well when you are surrounded. The power of water, which allows you to form a bubble around yourself to help you protect yourself until it bursts. And it also lets you traverse rivers and lakes, which very, very handy. You've also got the power of ice, which you can freeze heavy objects and allow them to be slid and moved. And of course, lightning. Couldn't forget about lightning. That allows you to electrocute your enemies and paralyze them with a lightning bolt. And not only that, you can combine these elemental effects to create even more powerful effects. So that's going to be a lot of fun using those elements to explore dungeons and use that to solve puzzles and defeat enemies along the way. I think this game's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited for it to come out. Like I said, it won't be out till June 2022, but get it on your wish lists. Keep an eye out on that one and get ready for some Zelda-like action. It's trivia time. So we were talking about Elementalists, which is a Zelda-like game with elemental magic gameplay. Let's take this opportunity to ask a Zelda trivia question. First released in 1986 in Japan, what was the title of the debuting Zelda game in the series? The correct answer is The Legend of Zelda. Did you get that one right? If you did, give yourself an extra life. Next up on three extra lives, I'm gonna be talking about gaming on the go because gaming on the go is a thing that is huge now and it kind of always has been, but I feel like these days it's even bigger than ever with the likes of mobile gaming. You've got the Nintendo Switch, which has again revitalized the portable gaming market and that's something nintendo kind of always have done i mean before the nintendo switch we had the the ds the 3ds and then we had game boy advanced and the game boy so it's something that's always been a constant when it comes to gaming on the go and i think back to my first experiences with gaming on the go and I used to own a Sega Game Gear which was Sega's attempt at making a Game Boy and we actually had this strange device which allowed you to plug an adapter into this Sega Game Gear which was a quite a chunky thing to get your hands around especially when you were a kid and it took a lot of batteries as well. I consumed them so you were constantly replacing those as well. Not like these days where you can recharge the likes of your Nintendo Switch or your DS. It was something that constantly needed attention that way. And we had this device that you could actually plug into the Game Gear and it allowed you to then plug Master System games into your Game Gear. So not only were you walking around with this chunky Game Gear, you were then 
had this adapter stuck in and then a master system cartridge stuck in instead. And I was always in awe of the Game Gear. It was quite beautiful, the, the fact that it was in color and it was in your hand. Unlike the Game Boy at the time, which we only really started seeing more color there with, with the introduction of the Game Boy Color. And the Game Gear did have that advantage over it. So playing games in your hand and not having to be sat in front of a computer, you could play this at anywhere. And when I finally did end up getting a Game Boy, which was my which was my second portable console, to me that was just the greatest companion going on family holidays to the likes of Spain or anywhere like that. And I remember I, I picked up a Game Boy in the airport and it must have been around 1996 or something like that. I was quite late getting a Game Boy, but they had introduced these new Game Boy Pockets. So it was a nice little smaller, compact, red Game Boy Pocket. Absolutely beautiful. I've still got it lying around here somewhere, I think. And I picked up a copy of James Bond on the Game Boy and I played that for the entire holiday. It was so much fun. Again, there was just something awesome about sitting by the pool playing a Game Boy or you know, sitting sitting uh, in, the, in the hotel lounge, but you were still able to game. And I've always kind of had that comfort of having a, having a game to play on the go. And obviously as time moved on a bit more, we saw that being introduced with the likes of mobiles when I remember being in school and people were walking around with their Nokia 3210s and not because they could phone people from anywhere or even send text messages. It was the fact that they had a game called Snake, which was a game where you controlled a small insect-like creature, which was a snake apparently, but it was, it was just blocks. It was pixels and you would move around collecting fruit and items and your snake would grow bigger and then you would just navigating it around this little phone screen and that was amazing like people were buying that phone for that game pretty much and we also went through a, a phase in the 90s as well where everyone was taking care of creatures on the go taking care of pets with their tamagotchis which is something i totally forgotten about and i had brought this question up about memories of portable gaming in in the discord uh, for free extra lives and Tamagotchi's got mentioned and the Nokia got mentioned and all of that has really led up to now where we are just again at a stage where gaming is just so much more accessible be that where you're playing on a console if you're playing on your phone or you're playing on the go and now I am a proud owner of a Nintendo Switch Lite which yes I bought in an airport yes I bought it out of a vending machine and I'm really glad I did because having the power of the Nintendo Switch in your hands and the games that are out for that. And we've talked about in the past, the company that works on porting games to the Nintendo Switch with the likes of, you know, Witcher 3 in your hands. I mean, who would have thought we would be at a stage where we are able to do this? And also there is now talk that Valve, who owns Steam, they are working on a portable console as well. So it's very exciting being a portable gamer because you just have so many options and you're not restricted to being sat in front of a computer and there's so many titles now that you can play in your hands and also it's a great platform for indie games as well and we've seen that with the likes of the Nintendo Switch and indie games just shining there being able to play them on the go. 
So it's all very exciting. And I'm also going to take this opportunity again to mention my Twitch channel because part of the reason why I'm talking about games on the go is because I'm going to be doing a new feature stream where I play a lot more games that you can play on the go. This will be games featured from the Nintendo Switch and games on mobile eventually. And just demonstrating the beautiful and magnificent thing that is gaming on the go. It's trivia time. So we were talking about gaming on the go and we are going to go in here with a Nintendo Game Boy question. Here we go. The Nintendo Game Boy first launched in what year? Was it 1987, 1988, or 1989? an extra life. And finally, on this level of three extra lives, just to start off with a small trigger warning that this segment is remembering Kayan Prince, who was a 15-year-old footballer for Queen's Park Rangers in England, who was murdered in 2006. And I'm bringing this up because 15 years after Kayan Prince's murder, he is now being honored and immortalized in the game FIFA 21. Kayam was tragically stabbed to death in, in England in May 2006 and he had such a promising life and career ahead of him and this terrible tragedy resulted in his father setting up the Kayam Prince Foundation in memory of his late son. Since then, he's been using motivational speaking and boxing training to engage with younger people about knife and gang crime. 15 years after his death, EA have actually been working closely with Prince's family and friends, and they've used imagery from Kayan's team to develop an in-game appearance for the player, which his on-pitch characteristics and style of play were also shaped through discussions with former teammates and coaches and using the technology that was developed by a special effects studio called Framestore which actually was used in Avengers Endgame and with the help of Prince's family and scientists at the University of Bradford EA have combined AI tech and photoreal illustration to recreate Prince as a 30-year-old pro that he would be today. This move, again, is to raise awareness for the Kyan Prince Foundation, which was set up by Kyan's father, Mark Prince. And he said that he wanted his son to be remembered not for the tragedy of his death, but for the triumph of his achievements. Through this campaign, my hope is the world finally gets to glimpse Kyan's incredible potential fulfilled. We get to honor his talent, and hopefully we can inspire other kids to honor their own talent too whatever their own strengths might be. This has been a great move to raise awareness for this foundation and for Kyan Prince's legacy as well. And as we know that FIFA games are played by a lot of people and a lot of young people as well. And the fact that 
gang crime and knife crime is still a thing that exists and it will always be a thing that exists but to hopefully raise more awareness to that and to the fact that somebody innocent lost their life in this way and they had a whole lifetime ahead of them as well and also a professional footballing career ahead of them as well but more, most importantly the life that they left behind and their family as well but through that this foundation has been set up to raise that awareness and now with the combination of Kayan being represented in FIFA 21 hopefully this message reaches out to more people as well and I'll be including links to a great article about Kayan Prince in the show notes and also a link to the Kayan Prince Foundation. It's trivia time. So we are going to jump into a footballing question for this piece of trivia. First introduced in 2009, what game mode in FIFA allows players to purchase Panini sticker-like player packs to build up a dream team? Is it FIFA Dream League, FIFA Ultimate Team, or FIFA World Beaters? The correct answer is FIFA Ultimate Team. Did you get the one right? If you did, give yourself an extra life. And here we are at the end of another level of three extra lives. How did you do on the trivia this week? Why not let me know over on social media at Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Three Extra Lives. You can also email the show podcast at threeextralives.com if you have any feedback about the show. I would love to hear from you. As always, you can head over to threeextralives.com for links to the show notes for this episode so you don't have to go searching for anything that I have mentioned. And there's also a link to the Twitch channel and to the Discord if that's something you're interested in. And that just about does it for this level of Three Extra Lives. I thank you very much for tuning in and I'll see you all in level 76.